0: scripture tells us that we are to love god and love others so let us be part of that journey of loving others to make a difference in our culture together we can revitalize kindness last week we talked about the fruits of the spirit especially kindness or that was a couple weeks ago rather this week we're talking about quenching the spirit so this is sort of the opposite if you will of getting that fruit, the enabling of the Holy Spirit through us, is quenching. What is that? What is quenching the Spirit? And what kind of implications might this have on society? We are to be the light of the world, as we, as we know as Christians, but can we do that if we're quenching the Spirit? So thank you for joining us on this episode, if you will, on your app. Leave a review for us, hit that bell, get those notifications. And again, thank you so much.
1: God is love.
0: Welcome to Revitalize Kindness Podcast. My name is Dave Weaver.
1: And I'm Yvette Walker.
0: And welcome to this episode of Quenching the Spirits. And so last week, if you listened, or a couple weeks ago, you may have uh, listened to a podcast episode of ours about fruits of the spirit so this is going to be a a different realm a realm that we don't want to be in and we'll we'll get into that in just a minute we have a special guest today uh name is bill tinman and he is from ireland he's a good friend because and he's also a mentor of mine i mentioned that in talking to a vet and bill just a minute ago he had a uh, show on periscope i'll let you just bill welcome to the podcast first of all so good to have you. We've been talking about this for a while, haven't we? Just, just having you on and, and talking to each other, period. Um, again, I just would listen to Bill the better part of a year as he did his show on Periscope. Tell people a little bit about what you did then. And then kind of if you're doing, I think you're still in the social media arena, if you will. Um, tell Tell those what you're doing these days.
2: Hello. Well, I'm really um, delighted to be with to with you all. To be your guest, it's a real pleasure and an honour. So thank you very much for inviting me. But yes, David, Dave. Dave, We go back a few years now. It must be three, four years. But I'm really sad. Actually, about you, but I really miss Periscope. It was really, it was a really good app, you know, and it was good, 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 very useful. Um, But okay, so I'm I'm Bill. Uh, I'm from originally from Scotland, not Ireland. but um, I've never been in Ireland to be honest, apart from a holiday. Oh, my bad, but yeah, <laughs> but uh, just to confuse you even more, I now live in England and not in Scotland. Um, I moved, <laughs> wow. I moved down here to England, the East coast um, of England about a year and a half ago. Um, so there we go. So how, if you're not confused already, well, you've just not been paying attention.
0: Look, I was born <laughs> confused and I stay confused and my wife can uh, attest okay. to that. And I'm, my apologies, uh, Definitely, big no, difference that, there, right? And you're living in England. Yeah. And I know you used to send links to a church, uh, church service. Are you still there at that church?
2: Um, oh yes, um, that would probably be Blackpool, was it? Or mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yes. So. My wife
2: and my wife and I, way back in 2012, we were called. You know, that was an absolute crystal clear calling of God to go to live and work in Blackpool. Um, which is a seaside resort on the northwest coast of England. And if you mention the name Blackpool to most people in the UK, they will, know, they will know it, first of all, but it comes with kind of negative vibes and connotations because it's known, yes, it's a very popular seaside resort, but it's known to have lots of issues and problems with drugs and alcohol abuse, mm. uh, that type of thing. But And so we were called there, you know, and um, it was such an interesting story, uh, an exciting adventure. In fact, it, it was been been the highlight of my life to date. The, you know, I've been a school teacher for forty years, and whilst I, I believe that's a calling and a vocation as well, a divine one, what I was meant to do. In mean, my, our, my wife and I are four, five, six years in Blackpool. We worked there. We ended up didn't know what we're going to do. We just knew we had to go there. That was it. Wasn't it? Was mm. vague in that respect, but right. when we got there, um, God quickly told us. And um, well, He told us so much. He said, "I want you to help people to show love." Now, I'm just going to mention that earlier. We're talking about the fruits of the Holy Spirit,
1: mm-hmm. you're
2: representing kindness. You're representing Yvette. You're representing joy. I'd like to get in there with love, you know. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. um, Amen. You know, another-
2: Amen. Amen. Even the first fruit of the Spirit is mentioned in, in that beautiful verse, and so. That's all God said to us. I want you to go to Blackpool to show my love. Now, you'd expect, yeah, well, that's a fairly standard part of the call, the Great Commission, but God went on to be more specific, not to non-Christians, but to Christians.
0: Mm. People
2: who in my church have been hurt in some way or other Mm. by fellow Christians. Yeah. First, we were like, really, you know? But... We quickly became clear what it was all about, but that's what we went there to do, and that's what we very, very quickly, from the beginning, started being involved in. And God led us to work with a community cafe, which um, served, you know, marginalized people in a community, local community, people who were suffering from drug abuse, alcohol abuse, who we were just marginalized and whatever for whatever reason. And Mm -hmm. um, we ended up working, volunteering with uh, a community cafe. It was called The Well Cafe. That's not a whole new story why it was called The Well Cafe. Um, But um, we ended up volunteering there. And then the couple who ran it, who started it about 12 years previously, they retired. And guess Mm -hmm. who ended up holding the reins, you know, holding the baby. So Melanie and I, my wife Melanie and I, ended up leading um, this cafe and being the, the organizers, the leaders of it, we had no idea that's what was going to happen. But it's just amazing, you know, yeah. and we're talking about quenching the spirits. You mean the opposite side to that is running with the Holy Spirit. You Amen. know, when you mm-hmm. when people think sometimes, oh, we want to be a Christian, it's something boring. Wow, well, it couldn't be further from the truth, could it? Because when you really follow the Holy Spirit, you have no idea He's going to take you next. What adventure is going to take you on next? And when you just let him take control of your life, there is no two days the same. Life is an adventure because Mm. you just don't know. So that's where that was our experience every day. It was just thrilling. It was challenging, yeah. But the most rewarding thing I've done in my life, you know, just serving God. You, you, for me, you just cannot feel more alive. Knowing when you're following the Holy Spirit, just that's mm. just what life, a like capital L, is all about, you know. So that's a bit of my background. As I say, I was a teacher for forty years, and I, uh, yeah, did that, and I went back to teaching for another few years after that I finished. Um, but oh, it was just such a, an amazing experience, you know. But I mean, God uses you everywhere and anywhere. It doesn't have to be a formal mission. Right. You know, I really strongly believe that. Whatever job you do, whatever you do, God can use you through that. God uses me every day. Even yesterday when I was giving out Easter eggs to our neighbors, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, just amazing. You know, when you flow the Spirit, I had no idea. But what should have taken 10 minutes took me over an hour because I just got involved in God conversations with people, mm-hmm. ministering awesome. to people. Just, you know, that's exciting life, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, there's there's that saying that people say a lot. Uh, uh let go and let God. I mean, so we yes. just gotta we gotta let God work in our lives that way, That's and it's just it. amazing testimony. Bill, appreciate you. And and a here. She's in education as well. Um, oh, really? Yeah, she's in a maybe a different part of it. We want to explain again. What sure. That is.
1: Yeah, it's it's at the college level, and so um, oh, okay. if you were if you were teaching on the primary or secondary level, I salute you, Bill, because that is hard work, a very well, hard work, especially in a community that might be depressed mm. or, um, oh, yeah. you know, econo- economically oh, yeah. disadvantaged or something like that. So um, the fact that you did that for 40 years, that, as you said, that's a, that's a calling all its own. And so I, I salute is, you, but... sir. <laughs>
2: mm. Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I was in the secondary level and, I'm still teaching now, but I only do online teaching. But I'm working. It's so brilliant the way God moves and works. I'm working with disadvantaged children. I'm working with what's called children with additional needs. Mm. Some of them have autism or dyslexia, or they've just got anxiety problems. They're not able to attend school, you know. Mm. And I'm working with them, and I, I'm just amazed. I I can't believe what's happening. I just. You make yourself open and available to God. Just let mm. him do the rest. And you will just sit back. and Wow. You know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. That's exciting. That's again, that's great. Um, And a lot, not a lot of us do that. We're instead we're quenching the spirit and, and our, mm. and our lives aren't showing that fruit that you're talking about. Mm. And uh, mm-hmm. just letting God rule in our lives that way. Yeah. So what is, so let, let's set this up um, for our listeners too, and just ask what is, The definition of the word quench. And so I'll I'll admit this, not (laughs) before today necessarily, but I think a few years ago when I first heard the term um, quench the spirit, I thought that was a good thing. And I'll tell you why I thought it was a good thing. because of my well basically because of my ignorance but when i think of quench i think of oh quenching my thirst that's a good positive thing thing? right yeah Mm -hmm. um and and it is so quench is one definition that i've got here is to satisfy Mm. one's thirst by drinking so that that is relevant in Mm. some way another definition is to extinguish a fire yes um and if you ask i asked google I said, so what is the opposite of quench then? Okay. We got that Mm. basic definition and and Google tells me that opposite of quench or to satisfy is to agitate or anger. So it got me thinking, I was like, Mm. okay, never thought of it that way. So quench is, is, is quenching the spirit, actually agitating, the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that lies within us. Wow! So I, I looked at this too. I, I and I don't think I've done this before. Yvette. I may do this more often. I kind of like mm-hmm. this. Um, I, yeah. I look to thesaurus. <laughs> oh yeah, Cuz all these other words? So yes. sometimes we might relate to another word better than than one uh-huh. or another. But if you look up quench if in thesaurus, uh, here's a couple. Gives you several, but here's the the main ones: dampen, mm-hmm. douse. Those. Snuff out or suppress. Yeah. All right. So again, kind of in your story, Bill, thinking about mm-hmm. what the spirit could do through you, if you if you suppress that, yeah. those fruits again get hidden from the world, which we should mm. we should let those again, if we're if we're abiding in the spirit, yeah. and I'm gonna talk about this in a minute, walking in the spirit, then those fruits are gonna be uh evident throughout the world or throughout your community um Mm -hmm. so i read this uh from again the gotquestions.org or wait a minute let me see oh let me ask you this first before i read an article (laughs) how often do you think just before we get into this deeper conversation i guess how often do you think Christians consider the idea of quenching the spirit? Cause I started thinking about that. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, we don't often, I mean, again, I, I've been a Christian for a while, hadn't even considered what quenching meant in terms mm-hmm. of biblical. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of what quenching the spirit is, I mean, how often do you think we really, really think about that as Christians? I mean, it just doesn't seem like a topic that comes up a lot for at least in my circles. I mean, Mm. is that, um, what do you guys think?
1: Well, I have to be honest with you. And and I've said this before I was raised Catholic and bill, I don't know what faith you were Mm. raised in, but that is not in in my knowledge. And I went to Catholic elementary and high school, um, primary and secondary. Uh, Mm. that is not something I don't think we ever talked about. So when you said no. that we were going to do this, Dave, I said, well, I'm sure Dave will tell me what that means, because I was not familiar with that term.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, I well, don't think it is. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, my background, I was brought up in the Christian Brethren. You're familiar with the, the, that denomination, the Christian Brethren?
0: I haven't heard of that before.
2: Um, well, it's you will heard, of course, of the Baptist, you know, the Baptist church. Um, the brethren is a kind of a branch, but a much stricter, you know, theologically stricter branch, and it's very relevant. I'll mention that later when we get into our discussion about. Because it's very appropriate to talking about this topic. My background and then my my journey, my process of of um, moving on from my my background to what I learned personally later, you know, because I moved on and my my now um, theological views on the Holy Spirit and his ministry is completely different to what I was brought up with, you know, but that's another story we'll come into that later. But um, Yeah, no, to answer your question, it, the whole concept of quenching the Spirit is not talked about, preached on very, very much, and that has been my experience as well. And so, therefore, that throws up the, the issue. The question, should there be something which is discussed preached on more, mm-hmm. yes, a resounding yes. Yeah. You know, the, the fact the fact that we, as humans, you know, uh, as God's creation, can mm-hmm. even do such a thing, quench those, put out, extinguish the power of one, you know, one part of the Holy Trinity, the Divine Holy Trinity. That is a staggering, sobering, challenging thought. We mm-hmm. need to know about this. Because, oh, God forbid that I should ever be responsible for limiting God's power, because that's what it's talking about. You know, Mm -hmm. we therefore need preaching on this, the very fact that it's possible for Christians to do that. Wow, we need to know about it. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't we don't need to give the devil any more assistance
0: you know
2: oh wow you know, we've got to conquer him not help him
0: you know that's right i mean yeah we are that's in a sense that's what we're doing we're just assisting yeah. the devil in that in that work because yeah. and we'll get into this in a minute because i'm going to ask some questions about like mm-hmm. what okay, what christians are thinking and how they live mm-hmm. um you know when i when i asked google the opposite of quench you know if you think about that yeah. same question in terms of biblical yeah. sense we, what we get the opposite of quenching the spirit is of course walking this uh, in the spirit yeah. um uh, let me let me read this real quick it says to walk in the spirit means that we yield to his control we mm-hmm. follow his lead and we allow him to exert his influence over us to walk in the spirit is the opposite of resisting him or grieving him so yes. in scripture yeah. grieving the spirit and mm-hmm. and that quenching the spirit are yeah are one in in the same and those, and it continues. Mm -hmm. And I want to read this because we're talking about fruits of the spirit at the beginning of this. And and Bill, you, you really, uh, displayed what that looks like. And and it says this, this is interesting. Those who walk in the spirit are are united with him and are the bearers of the fruit. The spirit Mm -hmm. produces thus, those who walk in the spirit, walk in love. That's your favorite bill. That's the one that you Mm -hmm. felt God leading you in. Mm -hmm. which says they live in love for God and for their fellow man. And that's exactly what you did. You, you you were, you were prompted by the spirit to love that, to be your ministry. And you did that to other believers because we need that encouragement. We often talk about how how much encouragement believers need, because we need to be built up in the faith. Mm -hmm. And often we're left to the sidelines and we're left to our own device or, or just left to our own, version of what faith should look like because often our life in our life our everyday lives it is way more important to how it's structured and how it's how it's kind of executed versus the life in christ which is how that looks and how that might be executed in our life mm. um, a couple other ones that they i won't read the mm. whole thing but those who walk in the spirit walk in joy yeah. I mentioned this one. Of course, we got a vet here, the 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 joy expert. Uh, but anyway, it says uh, they exhibit gladness in what God has done and and is doing and will do. And I'll just skip down to those who walk in the Spirit. <clears throat> walk in kindness. They show <laughs> tender concern for the needs of others. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Yeah. So many great things can come from walking in the spirit. We've often, the, the name of the, the podcast again is to revitalize kindness. Yeah. We can't do that in our own. Uh, with, it, it's not going to be David Weaver that revitalize kindness. It could be within the community or within my circle that the fruits of the spirit within me or the, the fruits of the spirit that, that, that come from walking and abiding in Christ can do those types of things, at least for people Mm. that are in my direct vicinity. So let me ask this for some, for some, you know, maybe some Christians, let's just say faith is nothing more than what some people call easy believism. And then some people call it carnal Christian. Okay. Mm. And, And let me read this quote just to kind of saturate that a little bit more. Um, This this says, faith alone does not mean that some believers follow Christ in a life of discipleship while others do not. The concept of the carnal Christian as a separate category of non-spiritual believer is completely unscriptural. The idea of the carnal Christian says that a person may receive Christ as Savior during a religious experience, but never manifest evidence of a changed life. You know, So that has me thinking in terms of, again, quenching the spirit. That's what we're talking about here and us not showing evidence. I often think that, I mean, sometimes even in my own life, I know there's situations that maybe I have experienced in my life where, or just let's say things come up and I'm not showing my best side. Let's just say Mm -hmm. I reflect on that and I'm like, I have to ask that old question. Some people don't like the question, but what would Jesus have done? Or what would David had done walking in the spirit? What would that have looked like? Could it, Mm -hmm. would it have looked different? And again, sometimes people don't reflect on these things. But when we think about just being a carnal Christian, um, here's here's, here's two things that I I compared it to, kind of silly things, okay? And then we can talk about it is this like calling yourself an astronaut but never going to space or or calling yourself a musician because someone gifts you a guitar or gives you a guitar but you never pick up the instrument and play it
2: yeah
1: yeah 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 uh-huh
0: so what it christian being a christian what what should that be about and again we we always talk about it's not a work a works based based faith, and so sometimes people will throw that out there. Well, it's not works based, but then we have to look at James and what he writes about that and explaining. But point is, uh, how how should we look at that, and how can we encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ who are not showing those fruits? Bill, do you have some some ideas?
2: Well, we're we're called. We're called to be imitators of Christ. I mean, Genesis tells us that we were created in the image of God and we're called to be imitators of Jesus. So if we want to know how we should be living as Christians, we just have to study the life and ministry of Jesus and how did he react to the various situations and problems that he encountered because he experienced and endured every temptation known to man, the Bible tells us. So that's why we can have full confidence coming to him with our prayer requests because we know he understands because he's been there and got the T-shirt. You know, there's no temptation um, that we go through that he didn't experience. And so we have to therefore look and study his life and see and learn from how he responded. Uh, and um, uh, he has a, a wealth a wealth of wisdom that we can pick up as we study Jesus, you know, and the way he lived his life in so many different situations. And the one that stands out for me is how he he took time to to stop and reflect and spend time with the Father, you know. And that's what I learned most of all from Jesus' life. Um, he just would go and see the Father. The Garden of Gethsemane were just in the Easter weekend. I mean, that's such a powerful story. Mm. Good Friday, when we think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, and he went in there to pray. And he just, he was just so burdened with the, the thought of what he was about to endure, becoming sin, you know. God himself, God's son, perfect in every way. The thought of him, you know, of the, the, the becoming sin, and therefore that meaning separated from God, his father, you know. And so because he was burdened with the whole prospect of what lay ahead of him, the crucifixion becoming sin for us, he just had to go and speak for the father, you know. And um, that's where he got his strength to just go that final mile, to go walk up to the cross and die on the cross for you and me, you know.
0: So, um, yeah. You, you know, we talked about we talk about reflecting on these spiritual things um Yvette, do you think one reason why this is not prevalent in people's lives these these the thinking of whether it's thinking about quenching the spirit and how they're living their life and maybe they're even reflecting on not seeing certain fruits in their life that might be expected in the life of a christian um do do you think that um i mean what what is Do you think it's just because we don't think about the things of God? Is it that simple? Um, Are we, again, are we just living for ourselves? Is that part of our problem? I know, and I know not speaking for Bill or other countries out there, but I know a lot of times we talk about that in America. It's just, we're so self-centered and I'm sure that could be most of the world in some respect, but, but we just talk about those types of things. Is it just as easy as saying, Hey, we got the wrong focus. What do you think of it? I
1: think, uh, yeah, I think it is very close to that. You said carnal Christians. And of course the word carnal refers to, you know, of the physical, of mm-hmm. physical desire. So it's, it's what, what do we desire? You know, what, it what, what do we put in front of us? And so, yeah, I, I think sometimes we don't think about it. Um, you know, we go to, a lot of people will, if they go to church at all, they'll go to church once a week. Um, my pastor is constantly saying, if this is the only, you know, spiritual feeding you're getting all week, you're not doing it right. Um, we're not reading the Bible and I have to raise my hand because again, and I've said this before, but being raised in the faith I was raised in, I felt like I wasn't encouraged to read the Bible at home. I'm not blaming them at all, but I I just felt like I wasn't. And I felt like I did not understand how important it was to do that. So now, you know, I'm a grown woman and I'm really Mm. just now in the last, let's say, five years, really start reading the Bible and trying to understand and getting some spiritual knowledge. If we are not receiving God's word, then how Mm. can we fully, fully understand the importance of it and put that directly in front of us. Mm.
2: So true, Yvette, very, very true. See, I was blessed because I was brought up in a Christian family. My parents, both my parents were Christians, and the church we attended was a Bible-teaching, God-fearing church. And so um, (laughs) I've been brought up in the Word, and that's been the best foundation for my life ever, you know? Um, because, um, oh, it's been so great, you know, to have the the, the knowledge of the word to back up, you know, uh, to hold down front of me, to to measure things by, and so on. I um, mean, even Jesus, what did Jesus do? You know, when he was being tempted in the wilderness, you know, he just quoted, at he quoted from the scriptures, at the devil, and that was his, his armour, that was his, you know, we talk about the, you know, the fruits of the spirit, but we talk about the the you know the armor, you know, the armor of God, like he gives us the weapons that we can use of the spirit and the word of God, you know, it's like the sword, isn't it? That we should all. But what we're going to do then if we if we don't know the word, then we're going to be weaponless. We won't be able to wield the sword. So therefore we're making ourselves vulnerable to any attacks that might come our way. So we need to be steeped in the word of God. You know, we need essential
1: and I've mentioned this before, either on this show or somewhere else, um, that we used to give Bibles as gifts. Yes. We used to, you know, display them proudly in our homes. That does not happen anymore. And so, um, Bill, I know you have a dog. I have a dog. We were chatting about that earlier. Um, mm-hmm. My sister has a dog. and My sister's dog was visiting. And my husband had a very old Bible. It wasn't it was oh, no. in his family. I can't say it was the family Bible, but it was like a oh, really. No. When I say I'm mean, like a really big leather bound, yeah. it probably weighs about twenty five pounds. I mean, it's a big thing. Yeah. So anyway, the the dog.
2: Oh no. Whatever
1: no. reason, the dog thought that he wanted to get into the word and um, <laughs> ripped it up. He ripped Literally, up this. Yeah. He ripped up this Bible, and so yes. my oh, husband no. was devastated. And I always oh, say that I know I'm married to a good man because he did not kill that dog. <laughs> I took the Bible to a, to a a book binder and I had them put it back together. Wow. I had them put it back together and now it is, it's displayed and it's important. And it's, it's an important, you know, thing in my home. I mean, that's not the, that's not my study Bible. Obviously I don't, you know, it's very delicate, even though they put it back together, Uh but I mean, that is not common let's, let's put it like that that's not common i think in no, households.
0: household no true true I, it happened to my cousin too she her her sister bought her a special bible you know she needed a new one she had one forever it was tour park and uh she lo- she loves her scripture right and anyway she bought her a new copy of that same bible but she bought her a, a better one meaning it, it was made out of a goat skin or whatever so it was yeah. one of those expensive bibles it was like two or three hundred dollars so she comes to church one day i see that i was like oh it's such a beautiful bible The cover everything the smell you know the smell of the leather all this stuff next week she comes to the mm-hmm. to the church and you see like the edge of the the yeah. it's all chewed up like yeah. all chewed up i was like that's like did you drop your bible out of the car i mean what happened to your bible yes. she said the dog got to it and started nibbling on it and i was like Ugh. oh no mm-hmm. that stinks but uh <laughs> it does but it hey even your dog can't take out the word of god that's all i'm gonna say about that's that right. that's right that's right all right that's let me read this real quick if you don't mind um well, one of the main scriptures that uh and we're going to read it context here that people go to when thinking about uh, quenching the spirit is First Thessalonians five nineteen, which which simply says, "Do not quench the spirit." Okay, so let's read. I'm going to read. I'm going to start at verse twelve real quick. So I'm in First Thessalonians five verse twelve says. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to give recognition to those who labor among you and lead you in the Lord and admonish you, and to regard them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves, and we exhort you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone. See to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all rejoice. Always pray constantly, give thanks in everything for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. My version I'm reading says, don't stifle the spirit. Same thing as quench, but don't stifle the spirit. Don't, uh despise prophecies, but test all things, hold on to what is good, stay away from every kind of evil. And it's interesting because didn't even plan it this way, but a lot of what we've just talked about, we see in the scripture. I mean, everything from building up the saints. Um, <clears throat> let's see, warn those who are idle and maybe in their faith, right? So just thinking about like that carnal Christian, if you will, being idle in, in the faith. And so this is just a great scripture. And this is, again, this is a exhortation or blessing in the, in this letter that Paul wrote to the Thessalonica people. And it's, it's towards the end of the letter, of course. And it's just reminding them what they should be doing at the, at this moment. And in the midst of that, don't stifle the spirit because we need the spirit to walk alongside of us in the work that we do for the Lord. Mm. And so again, a lot of people will say you, you got to have God in it. God must be in this like marriage. For example, when you get married, a lot of you, you, you know, you, you, you take suggestions from elders or those who have who've been married before you. And a lot of the suggestions that I got was always have God in the middle of your marriage. Mm. It could be anything you, Bill, you talked about, great ministry um, where you can have ministry or do ministry wherever you are, whether you're in a a secular type job like myself, I'm in it or, or a vet at college, you and you as a school teacher, but wherever we are, as we walk in the spirit, we can have ministry wherever we are. And and even a vet and I talked about in a previous episode um, that sometimes the misery or the hard stuff that we go through, Sometimes it can be as one of our guests, and I think she's speaking to him later today. Uh, Mark Sowersby, or Sowersby, sorry, Sowersby says mm-hmm. oh, yeah. that we talked about how um, a nightmare that you go through in your life can actually turn into a ministry, which it did for him. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the terrible things that happen can yeah. be a ministry as well. Yeah. You know, sometimes we always are looking for the good, but we should be the good, not that we're looking for the good because. Life is life. We live in a world of sin, but we need to be the good that the God uh, that our Father wants us to be. Mm-hmm. Let me read you this, just a quote here uh, from an article about uh, what does it mean to grieve the, the, the Spirit or quench the Spirit. It says, both quenching and grieving the Spirit are similar in their effects. Both hinder a godly lifestyle. Both happen when a believer sins against God and follows his or her own worldly desires. The only correct road to follow is the road that leads the believer closer to God and purity and farther away from the world and sin. Just as we do not like to be grieved, and just as we do not like to quench what is good, so we should not grieve or quench the Holy Spirit by refusing to follow His leading. And I love the way they summarized that article. Um we're recording during uh well, it was Good Friday was yesterday, so we're recording on a Saturday morning yeah and we're all we're all getting ready to go and worship and remember what Christ has done for us. Um, my brother-in-law posted something. I'm gonna read this and I want to get our thoughts on it. I love it though but it really fit in with our conversation today. He posted this on Facebook. He says two thieves on two crosses with two different perspectives. Thief one, give me more of this world says to Jesus, save yourself and save us wanting Jesus to remove them from the cross. And then thief number two says, give me more. Jesus says to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom and then, he asked, which one best describes us? Mm. I think that's a fair question. Yeah. Um, you know, I had I had one of my one of the questions in my notes, actually it's one of the last ones, actually, but uh question I had, kind of a provoking question, if you will. Is it fair for us to even call ourselves Christians if we live for ourselves and not for the one who saves? Thoughts on that? That that can be that can be pretty deep because I there's so many things we could pull out with that, but is it fair to call ourselves Christians or represent a Christian? If we're not even living for him, let's say we, again, we have an experience. We said in that, in that time, maybe it might've been a, a stretch of one or two days. I want to give my life to Christ. And then after that day, we never have a thought about it. Another thought about it. Um, We don't live for him. We only live for ourselves. Christ is never thought of. The Father is never seeked. Is it fair for us to call ourselves Christian? What do y'all think?
2: Well, a Christian, by definition, is someone who has committed their life to Christ. Uh, A Christian is a disciple or a follower of Jesus. So someone following the pattern you have described, Dave, um, sounds to be very much like a carnal Christian, you know, someone who's putting themselves first because the scriptures teach us that we have to take up our cross and follow him. You know, we have to die to self, you know, and be alive to Jesus, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's just it's almost blasphemous and it's a good example of quenching the Holy Spirit because living a life where you nominally calling yourself a Christian, but you're following number one yourself, you know, ego uh, rather than Jesus. Well you're a carnal Christian and you're you're not allowing, you know, fanning into flames the gift of the Holy Spirit. You're doing the opposite. You're dowsing, quenching, extinguishing the gift of the Holy Spirit. And um mm. so yes, it's it's um blasphemous really to call yourself a Christian. Um, having said that, that's where the grace of God comes in, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, If we have, there's been a genuine experience in our lives um, where we have genuinely invited Jesus into our hearts and lives, we have confessed our sins, Romans 10 and 9, you know, Uh, uh, followed, you know, the sinner's prayer principles, and we've been genuine at that time, then thank you for the grace of God. Then I believe that once saved, we are forever saved, you know, that Mm -hmm. um, God by his grace, makes allowances for our sinfulness, for our humanity to interfere with our walk, you know. And um, so I'm just very grateful for the grace of God, you know, because I am far from perfect myself and don't follow him as I should day in, day out. You know, I have lapses, human lapses. It was Paul himself confessed to, when I would do good, then you know he doesn't. You know the struggle between the old self and the new, the new new creation within us. Um, it's just it's a daily battle, really, isn't it? But yes, it's, it's a cheek to call yourself a Christian if you have basically turned your back on Jesus. Um, it's blasphemous, even you know. But again, the grace of God um, comes in as well. at These times,
0: Thoughts on that?
1: I I cannot say anything better than that, but I will say this: that you know we encourage others uh, sometimes in church services, sometimes elsewhere, to to commit your life to Christ, and it is up to the rest of us, the community, mm. to help this person on that journey. That's yeah, true. Um. So you're right. There may be that moment, um, and you know, there's been. I'm sure this is in, in scripture and I, I don't know where to find it, but um references to that first fire, mm. you know, that, that <clears throat> first that first flame. And then yeah. it's going to, you know, to use the word quench. I mean it's it's going to it's not gonna burn as brightly all the time yeah. as that first at first time, you know. Yeah. But it is up to to those of us who either call ourselves Christians or are certainly trying to, to help that person in that journey, in that walk.
0: Yeah. I, I like that. And, and that brought up a thought of that, you know, that, that first fire, that first time, yeah. a lot of times we sort of, we do that in our lives in other places. You know, I know some people have, if they've, gotten drunk or something or done something amazing in sports, just, just different aspects. I know those are two different opposite things, right? Good and bad. But, uh, but anyway, sometimes you get to this heightened experience in your life and you're always trying to replicate it. And, and a lot of people, they, they, they chase it. They chase that, whatever mm-hmm. it is, yeah. rather they, they fall into this life of drugs and drunkenness or rather they fall into a, a life of being a fanatic in their sport or whatever the case is but they're always chasing something to be greater to be greater to be greater to be greater i mean it isn't a shame that we just don't apply that same mode of thinking to christ because in a sense that's what it is so you get that first fire but we should be chasing him and in our in our faith but we problem is a lot a lot of a lot of folk don't and i'll be honest i go through ups and downs in life and there's just there's, there's just times and moments in my life where i don't feel like i'm chasing very yeah. much I'm, I'm i'm idle or mm. i'm just not seeking him as i should and all the things yeah. that that are happening in life um putting him first in those things yeah, so yeah. but but I think too, just a great foundation. And that's why I encourage anybody that's in church to be just a good mentor to somebody. You know, I spoke about Bill being a a mentor from very, from afar, you know, he's (laughs) there and I'm not going to say Ireland again, but uh, (laughs) they're in Ireland. And, uh, And anyway, he's there, he's across the seas, you know, and he is just encouraging this brother right here um who needed it i need and now
1: it. this sister
0: mm-hmm. amen god amen. is not limited by geography <laughs> that's right he sure isn't he's there's no limitations to what god can do and that's what you were talking about bill in the beginning just letting god work in that way and i think as we imbibe and walk in the spirit and just let him open those doors you know we're a lot of times in life we're just so we're, we're so focused on opening doors for ourselves you know, whether that's in business, in our, in our jobs, in our hobbies, you know, like, let's say I'm a musician. I remember, and I was, I was a musician at one point where our band was always trying to open another door to get to a greater point in, in our life as a musician. Um, but we should be knocking on the door um, and, um, and letting, you know, just, just basically chasing, chasing him. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is something that we're, you know, good, a good scripture too just talking about uh, life giving spirit and thinking about the spirit and how it works. And let's say the the contrast between carnal versus spirit, like a uh, spiritual life. I would just point to folks, look at Romans chapter eight, just read through that it's such a great chapter and thinking about, you know, these things, for example, I'll just read just a, just a snippet of this, uh, part of it was, uh, was talking about the Holy spirit's ministry it says, so then brothers and sisters, and I'm looking, I'm at eight verse 12, or chapter eight in Romans verse 12. So then brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh, because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if you, but if by the spirit, you put into death, the deeds of the body, the things that we want to do, our, our carnal, um, our carnal uh, appetite, if you will. Um, then uh, we'll say, so if you put that body, you will live. So for th- all those led by God's spirit are God's sons for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out Abba father. And that's what we need to do more of. I think crying out to him, Abba father, um, thinking about, the contrast between those two thieves on the cross as we enter. Now, mm. when we play this podcast, this is going to be after Easter. We hope everybody had a, a great um, service and time with their families. Mm. But as we think about those two thieves on the cross um, and just their different positions, I see that in our world every day. I mean, we, we've we got these this, this two opposing things. Christ is right there in the middle, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and as for us. I mean we we have Christ is so available. I mean, not just because we have, you know, you think about in early history, the the Word of God was limited in terms of the length of it because we, you know the the people that were living in the days of Christ didn't have the New Testament mm-hmm. they had Christ there, but then just thinking about the before the printing press, came into play. The word of God was not in everybody's hands today. We have the availability of the word of God, like no other day in history. So true. And, and, but are we in the word of God? I mean, obviously a lot of them, no, a lot of people will say, no, I'm not. And I was one of those. And then some people will say, I try, I try. And, and, and we got to keep trying. we got to keep pushing on and moving forward. Um, because that's like you said, Yvette, That's how we're going to know God. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're. That's how we're going to. Um. You know, if you're in a sport, we we're talking about sports. You need training, and, and if you don't get trained right. and you don't get practice in whatever it is that you're doing, you're just not. You're going to fail. You're not going to be great at it. Mm-hmm. And we have to apply that same mentality to. Yes. It, it, it's not an exercise necessarily, although. In Timothy, I think it was first or second Timothy, Paul definitely used a sort of athletic connotations or um, I don't know what you would call that, but basically comparisons to to uh, the race. Um, and so, yeah, maybe we can think of it that way. Maybe that is a great way to think of it. And um, I'm not a sports guy necessarily, but I understand that it takes a lot, whether you're a musician, whether you're Trying to do well in in your job or career, it takes a lot. And um, but I think we just need to change our frame of reference and how we think of how we separate faith and everything else. And I think sometimes we we as uh, Christians and believers everywhere just kind of get that all mixed up. Well, look, we're getting towards the end. uh, Bill or or Vet, do y'all have any any last thoughts on on this? Um, I was just thinking
2: of <clears throat> going back to the beginning, we talk about a definition of the word quench. Um, I I I like very much Paul's Paul's definition, with the positive, you know, the the opposite. You know, we talk about, you know, we talk about a thesaurus where you can find synonyms, you know, mm-hmm. words with similar meanings. Sorry, I'm, I'm an English teacher, so I use all these big words, you know. But then the other word, the opposite, the synonym is an antonym words, which is the opposite. And so the antonym to quenching is um you gave some examples was to fan into flames. Paul talks about that we should, as Christians, be fanning into flames, not quenching, not dowsing, not mm. stifling. We should be fanning into flames. The gift. And the Holy Spirit, remember, is a gift. It's a gift from Father God, you know. So we should not take this gift. Anyone who respects the giver of a gift, you know, uses it and looks after it. So we have to treasure even more so the gift of the Holy Spirit, which Father God has given us. Jesus told his followers that he would. You know, Father God would give them the gift of the Holy Spirit, and they waited for this gift, and it came at chapter mm. two, Pentecost. You know that a tremendous experience, the promise of the of the Holy the Holy Spirit, and we have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we the to treasure. We have to fan the flames. So I love that, you know. Mm. And uh, there's so many examples. I mean, time doesn't permit us to go into all the various examples of um, quenching the Holy Spirit, but. For my background, as I said earlier, I alluded to that my background was in a movement called the Christian Brethren, mm. which is a strict movement of God, and they, they would come under the theological term of sensationists, which is another discussion, you know, another branch of what you're talking about. Sensationists believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit died out when the canon of Scripture was complete. And if you want to read into that, find it more about that. I mean, the text which Cess- cessationists use as a reference point is First Corinthians thirteen, verse ten, again, mm. which I have my Bible open at that at the moment. It says But when perfection comes, the imperfect, the imperfect disappears. Now, believe it or not, you wouldn't think that text has anything to do with quenching the Holy Spirit, but oh yes, but well, that's what cessationists preach from, because they claim. The, the pronoun used there, but when perfection comes, it's a neuter pronoun, it's referring to the, the, the scriptures. When the scriptures are complete, then the Holy Spirit's gifts and ministries are no longer required. And that's what they use for their justification, for mm. not allowing, for stifling, you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, miracles, healings, you name it. You know what we read about in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, you know, um, That's what the Christian brethren and other denominations as well quote, you know, and use as their excuse. And that's Mm. what I was brought up with. But praise God, you know, God took me on a journey, opened my eyes, you know, removed the scales from my eyes to see, you know, no, you know, the gifts of the Spirit are very much alive. And we need to use, you know, Jesus said, you know, signs and wonders will follow them that believe. You believe, I believe, any Christian out there who believes must believe and expect the supernatural to follow them, to see Mm. the gifts of the Holy Spirit being manifest. You know, it should be a daily experience. You know, it should be a normal experience, not something unusual. You know, amen? I really believe that. Amen. Um, So I just wanted to throw that in there, you know, because I've had to battle with that
0: a lot. I love it. I love it. Thank you for thank you for mentioning that. I never thought about that. Yvette, how, what's your, what's your final thoughts?
1: Oh my goodness. No, that, that is a, that is a great way to, to wrap up. Um, And I'll just say this, we've been talking quite a bit about the word. And as Bill just mentioned, you know, someone can take one or two lines and base an entire ministry on it. And it's, it is so much more than that. You have got to fully dive in, read, the, read everything, because number one, the entire Bible back from Genesis is all about Jesus, mm-hmm. about Jesus to come, Jesus here, Jesus to come again. It's mm-hmm. not just based on one line here or one line there. And I know that sometimes we quote you know lines, but we have yes. to make sure that it aligns, that, that the mm-hmm. lines that we quote align with the, mm-hmm. the message that God mm-hmm. has given us.
2: Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. My final thought is I just, first of all, love this conversation. Um, much needed. Um, just a, just a good reminder. Um, look, let's just, I, you know, we think again, we think deeply about so many things. It can be sports. It can be so many. We just, we get interested in life sometimes. And let's just, I'm just talking to all believers right now, or anyone listening to this podcast we we get so interested and so invested. We invest. We talk about investments, money, yeah. time. I think I think our investment is always going to yield to the good if we invest it in God's word, if we invest it in spending time with Him, getting to know Him. I've always said, and this is my own experience, of course, but I've always said when I when I came back to faith in terms of s- I stopped living my carnal life. And when I started to really rethink and repent from those things that I was doing and involved in, I said to myself, I really want to get to know God. So I'm going to read his word. And it, he prompted me, though. He was pushing me because it, it became so easy. I hated reading. But but for some reason, overnight, things just like I wanted it. I I, yeah. I desired it. But what I found out, I did find out a lot about God. But then I learned so much about myself because I, through scripture, if you read in the Psalms, one of my favorite uh, scriptures, one 1967, mm-hmm. I'm a bad quoter, so I won't even quote it. But it basically, it says that once I, I felt I went astray, but now yeah. I know your word. Yeah. In Psalm one nineteen, it's just great if you want to meditate over some scripture. Yes. It's just great because it, it is saturated in talking about and pointing us back to His Word, His precepts, His law, and, and things of God. So, it's that was such a special scripture to me though, yeah. because I did I fell astray. I went away so far away from God's Word, but then I called out to Him, Abba, mm-hmm. Father. I need Amen. you. Mm-hmm. I I want to believe. I, we talked about it's in Mark, I think, and it, it's the the gentleman, uh, Bill. You probably tell us better. The the gentleman with the uh, the son that that uh, was sick. Yeah, and he says to Christ, um, yes. "Help me believe." What what is it? Yes, help my disbelief. I believe, but help my disbelief. Yeah, I believe. Help my disbelief. Yeah. So a lot of times we find ourselves in that little. Yeah. That little area of yeah. of our faith, and so we we have belief, but we need so much more.
1: It's we, what I call a limiting belief. Mm-hmm. We believe, but we limit what we think God can do. Yes, and do. that's all, and that's on us. You know, a lot of times we it's not that we don't believe in God, but we believe, but we limit yeah. the 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 way even that we think of Him.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's true. We sure do. So I just encourage. Each and every one, look, and I've said it before, it sounds cliche, but get into God's word, spend time with him, pray. We, we need to, we need to, um, invest our time there. Um, yeah. it, it, again, that just seems really cliche in a world that is so about themselves. Um, because thinking about you or me, you know, thinking about yourself seems like the right thing to do. Um, at least that's the way our culture tells us, or that's what our culture is telling us. Take care of yourself, do this, that, and the other, but to take care of yourself is to, is to get in God's word. Because again, I, th- I think we'll see that we will will live better lives because we understand what God's word says. And hopefully we will, as we abide in Christ in in so many different ways that we'll see those fruits and we'll. We'll, we'll get clear messages from God about what's that next step or he'll open doors. Like Bill was talking that you never expected yeah, that's uh, true. That's because true. we, we, we allow God to do be God and, and instead of us trying to be the sort of this little God in our own life, you know, in, in mm-hmm. a sense. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of my final word. Just, just thinking about that. Let's reflect. And then let's just think about the things of God, Bill. I've seen you looking. Do you have one more thing, or? or...
2: Yeah, I'm just I'm looking up the word. You talk about the word. I was looking up at the word. You know, Amen. Looking for a scriptural reference to, to sum up really what you've been saying there. And I, I love this text. It's um, it's in Matthew's Gospel, chapter six, verse thirty three, where, where Jesus exhorts us to seek first His kingdom, kingdom of God, and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you as well. So as long as that's a promise, one of the one of the many beautiful promises in God's word, if we put God first, not me, you talk about carnal Christians who put themselves first, that we need to put God first to get into his word. And the promise is for each and every one of us, and I have found this to be true in my own life, walking with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Put God first and you'll find all the other things that's promised, all the other things that you want in life, okay, will slot into place as well. Those final two words in that verse, so important, all these other things shall be added to you as well. So everything you want in life, you put God first, all the other things that you desire as well, you'll get them too because God loves you. And you put him first and you'll get everything else as well. So what a beautiful promise is that.
0: Amen. Thank you, Bill. We will leave it there at God's word and what he says. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Yvette. And next time we'll see you again, but we just be kind to those that uh, are in your, in your circles, love others as Bill loves his ministry. We also be loving people and um, stay in the presence of the joy of God And and because that will take us on to the next day. Amen. Thank you, guys.